0: Hi folks, I'm back and uh, filling in for John Stadmiller. I was quite sure actually if it was a break coming up with uh, news or whatever. But um, it's interesting too that the idea of uh, conspiracy theory uh, and the accidental view of history. Of course the media always give you the accidental view of history. Uh, it's same with the bank crashes as an example. Remember, going back, remember uh, Jack C. Lall said about propaganda it must be given in a simplistic manner To the public that they can jump on and believe So it was just a few bad people You see that c- kicked off the whole The whole thing and uh, banks Collapsed and uh, dominoes fell And etc etc in, in reality the new years Before they were going to bring down the banks Because the whole stock market really Is one big gigantic bubble anyway That's built on lies and Enthusiasm that's re- and greed Of course It's always been that way. Years before that, years before that, uh, Greenspan came on at one time. It was was so amazing when Greenspan came on. Uh, It's so it's it's a very unique American thing uh, where the heads uh, comes on and talks about the money system. And he said, the stock market is going too hot. Cool it. That's what he said. And everybody held their breath and and they did. It didn't happen this time because it took all the safety guards off. Back with more after this. Get ready for real talk radio. You're listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, standing in for John Statmiller tonight's and just giving some background information on how we got to where we are. And I'm comparing the accidental view of history that the media would like you to believe in uh, with the uh, conspiracy view of history. And history is full of conspiracies, absolutely full of them. Look at any start before any world war starts. Just look at all the different goings on, who wanted wars, etc. Read Carol Quigley's book, uh, The Anglo-American Establishment, how they literally sent uh, mercenaries over... Uh and the Sons, actually, from CFR members, or they call it Rollinship International Affairs in Britain, same group, though, and uh, they attacked the Boers, and they took with them a Times reporter, and she telegraphed back that uh, the Boers had attacked the British, and so the British brought the troops in to defend the people. That's how they get war started. All rigged. That was a conspiracy. The history is full of conspiracies. Same time, too, when, when ancient Roman emperors would, would, would get stabbed on the steps of the consul uh, by all, all the members of the Senate. Uh, they all had a chat about it when we'd get the guy, should we kill him, should we not, who's going to do the first blow. These are conspiracies. Happens all the time. But the media, as I say, is meant to give you the accidental view that things, oh, oops, something went wrong or a bureaucrat slipped up here, and, and uh, etc. Et We've seen it all our lives, actually. This is how they because we're pretty stupid to them. They they know that too. They know we like simplistic propaganda, and we lap it up. And um, the problem is too with those who cannot go into the books and see for themselves. Even if you, it doesn't matter how much evidence you show them, uh, even from official historians, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Uh, Their indoctrination, their propaganda indoctrination, has taken just like an inoculation. They'll say, "Has it taken? Does it work?" on this person, well on these people it's actually taken and partially, partly they choose not to know you understand too, if they know what's really going on they'll they'll be very angry often especially if they're a placid type who likes the sports and sitting back with the beer and all the rest of it the routines, because when they know the truth, you've, you've handed them a decision to make and they don't like that a decision to get active and to be angry about things lots of folk like socialism they like Big Brother, they like being taken care of by all these experts above them, that's what they believe, they're being taken care of, so that they can go and play. And here you are, dropping in their lap uh, something that explodes their whole lifestyle, leaves them with a decision, because what kind of person could they possibly be knowing all, all this now, if they know it all, and do nothing? You've upset their whole lifestyle. That's why they'll turn on you. And it's a shocking thing for a person who is completely propagandized to be told that your own government is not your government at all. It hasn't been for a hundred years. It's a big shock. All those movies of laptop, up, watching people in the movies, actors getting little little stars and the tears coming down as anthems play. That's all indoctrination. And suddenly you're upsetting the whole upper... They'll, they'll turn on you because they can't tell the difference between movies and fiction anymore. It's all part and parcel. It's all interwoven. But conspiracies have always existed. And therefore, I've told people, don't, don't pick on someone who is completely propagandized and indoctrinated. Uh, they're perfectly indoctrinated. There's no point. You, you, it's an ego thing it comes down to. Uh, pick on someone who's asking, asking questions. And when they ask questions, don't overload them. Right off the bat, you'll sound crazy and you'll scare them. You only give them enough to chew over for a week or two and then feed them a little bit more. After all, here's a brand new reality you're presenting to them. All this time, no matter how, how old they are, uh, they've been believing in, in another, another, completely other reality. And, uh, and it's a shock. It's a tremendous shock to them. Tremendous shock. And when you find out, too, uh, that so-called democracy doesn't exist, you go through the grieving process, the anger process, you go through all the same phases when you realize you've been fooled your whole life long. So much so that, that a lot of people will attack the one, the bringer of the news, the one who tells them, the bearer of bad news. They'll attack you. Some paranoid types get stuck on that and they'll attack you forever. It's like a fixation with them. So be very, very careful. But no, the media is there to present articles to you so simplistically, like no one knew. The stock market, as I say, about two years, I read before the, the big crashes started to come along, the bankers all knew at the top, because they're all in on it, because the Fed said at the time, uh, they would stop injecting cash into the stock market at the end of the day if the, the top 500, etc were too low. They've been doing this for 25, 30 years. Every country's been doing this. So what was going to happen when they said, we're not going to ever do this again? you were guaranteed that all the big sharks, that they all knew were sharks, were going to be scrambling like crazy trying to cover all, not just their asses, but their assets, Right? And, uh, and, and panning off uh, uh, dummy mortgages and fake mortgages and, and, and overblown mortgages onto some other banks. I had to come home eventually to somebody, and that, that kicked off all all the rackets. But banking is full of rackets. It's full of rackets. And as I say, we've been run by a, a particular, a very rich group for a long time. There's, there's only... At the very, very top, there's only about 80 families, you know, who slush around billions and billions every day across the world. And they direct countries are going to rise and countries are going to fall. And there's about 200 behind them who who slush around maybe three quarters of what the top ones are slushing around. It's all rigged. But it was guaranteed to crash because it was time to crash it, and believe you me, any economist will tell you, since the whole thing is based upon optimism, that's the first uh, trick they're taught in economics, you never tell people bad news or they pull money out of the market. When, you, when they bring on the President of the United States, who says that this depression is going to be worse than the Great Depression? Well, what do you think was going to happen? Why did they get the president to announce this to the public to bring it all down? Time is time to bring it all down. That's why. That's why. It was time. That's how things are planned, really planned to to take down whole countries. It's planned just like that. And those who want to believe in accidental view of history will never grasp that. They'd never do that to us. Why not? They've done it to every other country before. Why not you? You understand those at the top are complete internationalists. They have no more liking for the peasant of China to the peasant of America or Britain or France or anywhere else. The only, the only thing that interests them in you is how much can you produce and make for them? That's all. That's the reality of life. That's the hard and harsh reality of life. That's how they see you. That's how they view you. I've talked to, and I've known them pretty well actually, um, women who typed up for law companies, big law companies, big legal companies, including the Bush family and others, and she sent me a lot of information on how they really talk about the general population. do, doesn't matter what party or side you think they're on, there are no parties or sides. And it's incredible how they talk about you, all. That's what runs the world, Money and the legal system. Money runs the legal system. They put their own, often their own cousins or brothers into it. And they also can make anything legal. Anything legal. They can confiscate anything from you anytime they want. They can do whatever they wish. That's the reality of a moneyed system. That's run by private bankers. Obviously, the same private bankers have been not only ones who are allowed to use money for thousands of years become the top. They run countries. It's, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. All wars are economic wars. And Mark said that. And that's true. Not all the propaganda they give you about why they start. They always give you simplistic answers. We all know. And even, in fact, on, I think it was on John Stadler's show back in the 90s that people on talking about. The, the Pearl Harbor events with, with guys who were alive at the time, who said, yeah, we all knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be Pearl Harbor. And they could understand why why FDR concentrated all the ships and brought them all into that spot. Well, they brought them in that spot to beat the big spectacle. That was the Twin Towers of that era, to make it happen. He'd already been had his, had his guys shooting down Japanese planes for over two years across the Pacific to get them all riled up. And now they bring books out years later. This is after the official secret act is up. This is how we get told the truth 50, 60 years later. Until then, they lie their faces off. And they bring experts on to lie and lie to every generation. And then they say, oh, actually, yeah, we started that war ourselves. We we're blocking the Japanese from getting any resources. And they live on importing resources. Yeah. All wars are the same. I won't even touch on the farce of the Twin Towers. It's such a farce. But people want to believe the media. You understand too, there's also please, people pleasers and the Delphi technique of indoctrination and swaying an audience. You've got to understand that they use the same technique they use on the general media. They bring in a so-called expert, they, 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 pump them up in their local media for a while, uh, a person coming in to get, to get the local population to accept this agreement for their watershed area, paying for water, paying for this, paying for that, the reasons for it. And the, you, you'll, you'll add 10 different letters behind his name. He's sounds very important. Uh, it could be any actor actually who, who's been training the technique. It often is. And then they stack the audience with, with their own people. But they also used ones in the audience who sit down front. These are the people-pleasers. These are the same guys who would bring the apples for the teacher. And when you complain about something or point out that something's wrong, those people stand up and criticize you. And the Delphi technique character is very happy. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. Again, filling in for John Stadmore. Just going over some of the stuff we must never forget. Because every day, every day, we're overloaded with data. And we forget the past. If you forget the past, you won't know how you got here. And now you're reacting to today's propaganda. And most stuff comes from the mainstream media, who are telling us all, be very, very afraid. Oh my goodness, be very upset. Which makes you turn more to government to save you. That's how abusers um, uh, and abused people work together. The abused always turns to the abuser for help. These are old techniques that are used daily on you. So you mustn't ever forget how we got here and what's behind it and where it's supposed to go. Now, I talked about the Delphi technique, just, just touched on it, how they stack the audience, but how they also use the completely indoctrinated, the people-pleaser type, the one who likes professionals and experts. They watch television, they have their favorite characters that go on their news every night, stares them right in the face, and, and they'd never lie to you. That's what they like. They're told nice, safe stories. We're taking charge of this for you. We're experts. They like that. So when you stand up and we say, well, we know that you're part of the Maurice Strong's program for instance, um, for, for, the, for the the Earth Summit, and this is all part of Agenda 21, then these people, there are an army that stand up against you, the, the people-pleasers, that the perfectly indoctrinated. Oh, shush, let the man speak. Let the, let the expert speak. Oh, you're crazy. Every manipulation under the sun can be used. And getting back to Blavatsky, she mentioned this technique in the 1800s. She said technique will shortly be used on the general population which will formulate all their opinions and bring them to the right conclusions. She said and they'll never know how it's even happening or that it's happening at all. And that was reiterated by Lord Bertrand Russell in the 1950s. It's perfect. Perfect. And the greatest tool to get you used to that this technique is television of course. It's been the best tool they ever dreamed up your, even the ads indoctrinate you and alter your culture every comedy does too can't get away from it so remember too that this system has its agenda it's uh, a ruled by expert society vastly reduced population they've been awfully successful most so called first world countries their populations have been plummeting and uh, regardless of what they say, even the United Nations admits through their census we're plummeting. I've read articles on my own broadcast, cutting through matrix.com, one after the other, where they admit that the people uh, are simply not having children. And it and depends upon immigrants to keep the population up. Even saying the reason they bring in so many immigrants is to pay off the debt. There's not enough left, an offspring left, or, or future offspring to pay off the national debts. So where where are we, economic units? Well, you're darn right, that's what we are. We're also units to to put on uniforms and go and slaughter people. And And youngsters really don't need much encouragement for that. They never have, to be honest. Let's be truly honest about the military. The military came out of mercenary groups that kings used and queens used a few centuries ago. They had no problem getting mercenaries because they got to rape and they got to... To plunder and, uh, and and fill their bags with the plundered items. Today, it's much easier to just recruit from guys who've been brought up playing video games and watching movie after movie that's been paid for by the Pentagon. And the Pentagon works very very intimately with the Hollywood producers, and they're often related. In fact, they know the agenda. They know what they want. And young guys want to dress up like the the winners. They see them as winners, you see, these guys who win all the time. They don't want to be losers. And they want to be winners. They want to wear the outfits and carry big guns and and blow people away and, and talk cool about blowing them away. That's what the military really is. They're not all fighting to protect anybody. It came out in the papers in Europe that Tony Blair was approached a year and a half before they invaded Iraq by all the top oil executives and they made deals that when Britain went in they would eventually divvy up the oil fields to all these top corporations. That's how war is run before it even happens. Same with Libya, same with everything else. And the gophers at the bottom uh, that like to slaughter, like to kill, want to come back and be big men before they get pot bellies and sit on the couch watching sports, are very willing to go off and do it all. And get drugged. They'll on about seven medications each when they're over there. But they're not fighting for me. They're not fighting for you. They're fighting for those who've decided that they're going to survive into the next age, as they call it, uh, as we all perish. I mentioned... I think it was a night that the towers went down in fact on radio that you better get ready for everything that you see in warfare right down to refugees eventually within your own country and rationing cards and lo and behold I went to the CFR's website a couple of years ago and they've been working on the coming food famines worldwide for 16 years just with one little think tank the think tanks for everything That's how we're managed. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. The National Intel Report, the Real Talk Radio Show. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and I'm standing for John Stadmuller. Just it's good once in a while to go over how we get to, we've got to where we are, and why we got to where we are, and to reflect on the changes, the changes that have come up, come and gone, and most of them cultural changes because that's so important. You can't simply could bring in totalitarianism without preparing the culture step by step by step towards accepting a totalitarian culture. As I say, there's no doubt at all that the people of the 1950s or even 60s would have stood for this. the open totalitarian police-type states that we have across the whole of so-called Western civilization. There's no way at all that anybody would have stood for that. They have to prepare in advance. You always, it's like a field, you, you come across a, a place you want to make a field, you gotta get the trees out, you gotta prepare the soil, you gotta till it and all the rest of it and so get all the stones out of the place, you gotta make sure it's the right pH, and then you gotta plant and you gotta to, to take care of it. That's what they do and they have all the time in the world within specific timelines, mind you. If you look at the history of communism, they had five year plans for certain things, ten for other, some, some of them were fifty year plans. Look at the United Nations. Isn't it a coincidence they have the same agenda? With 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 year plans. And then you look at the Council on Foreign Relations worldwide working busily away, running all the media, interacting with all the movie makers as well, running all the think tanks that the main, the main, uh, advisors to governments in the whole planet. Here they are working away like beavers and, uh, and, and you think things are just developing by themselves. They have their agenda. They've stated it openly, as I say, in Carl Quigley's book, and he was the official historian for them, the Anglo-American establishment. He talked about the banking system, too, in great depth. He actually blames uh, the, the people who became the middle class for causing the problems or the expense of healthcare, care, et cetera, in America. Partly true, partly true. But the other part is, is, at one time you see that the old doctors, the beginning and turn of the century, uh, were moneyed men. Moneyed men went into that, so they didn't really need the money. And then, of course, when uh, certain people got into it, it became a gold mine for them, and they got greedier and greedier and greedier, and that's why you have such incredibly expensive healthcare, for instance, today. But he points that out in his own book, and he blames the middle classes He's more for the the the, the, the older type um, landed uh, moneyed guys, the landed gentry running the whole show. Again, all families, uh, big money, the best of schooling, of course. And what they call tradition—tradition tradition is family tradition and their own particular class tra- tradition—and by the way, uh, there's no difference in the so-called communist side. You'll see the same congressmen and women uh, getting the tips to invest in the same corporations by the same people, and they all do. I mean, what, what bunch of multimillionaires do you want to vote for—the left wing or the right wing? That's the truth, folks. It's all a show. It's all an absolute show. And that's why we've been kept in, in for such a long time because in the 1800s Britain realized that it didn't give a, uh, the vote to more people because it wasn't until World War One they even gave the, the vote to most men. You always hear about the suffragette movement. Most men did not have the vote because they didn't own their house or their apartment or whatever. And that's why they gave it to them at that time. They're running short out bodies to fill uniforms and and throughout they're fighting their wars and, and so they gave them the votes. But it doesn't make any difference when it's all rigged as quickly said. He said, because every president and prime minister from the late 1800s has been a member of the same organization, selected by the same organization. But they knew that if they didn't put a show on of democracy, you see, you'd have a revolution every five years or so. So they gave you the vote instead. I'm not dreaming this stuff up. This is from their own books. And we think we're living our lives. There's nothing anyone's doing today that's an original thought of their own. Nothing. Even their hobbies. How they spend their time. How they party. Why they're going out partying or anything else. It's all given to them. And the United Nations said years ago, it's still on their books today, as it was with the globalists, the biggest threat, the biggest threat was not mobs to their agenda. It was not mobs or massive groups of people. It was individuals, individuals who could promote the truth to the people in a coherent manner with no spin on it, nothing to gain personally. That was the biggest threat individualism regaining your individual rights and freedoms that was the biggest threat to them that's also why by the way you'll find the so-called liberals which go after all the communist uh, ideas and that's what they call them in russia that uh, khrushchev said in his visit to america he said we don't we don't call it communist party he says we, he says we call Ameri- the american branch he says we call them liberals But that's why they don't like the anarchists, because the anarchism, initial anarchism, the original anarchism promoted individualism, not the later collectivist type. And an individual can stand up and say what he thinks and and, and, uh, believes in, and you should have the right to do so. You should have the right to do so. And not have to belong to this group or that group, or any other group for that matter. It was so, such a, a, a fear that they had. In America, mind you, still had the tradition of individualism. It was the only country who, that tried this. Understand that, that Europe, for instance, had come out of a feudal system, straight into an industrial system, which wasn't much different. Now the, the industrial overlords were the feudal masters. And through various schemes, again, conspiracies, if you must call it that, but it's in the history books, People like Lord Rothschild put forward the bill in Parliament to get all the little plot farmers off their lands by dumping foreign grain on them. They called the Grain Act. And that's what they did. Because they wanted to staff these big cities, these red brick cities uh, with uh, that became slums very quickly uh, with all the peasants to man all their factories. Very successful too. They did it all across Europe. And um You didn't get books or ideas or even a constitution where individualism was promoted. And um, America was the only only country that had the the, the, the experiment. That's why they called it the great experiment, by the way. The second great experiment in the history books, and it's the official term used in universities, was, was the Soviet system, communism. But America was the first country to actually get the chance of individualism and even the founding fathers were not really uh, into uh, just handing over the power to the individual because they said themselves that they're not ready to handle it they they said the same thing but they would give them as much freedom as possible and see how it went and they also said too that their constitution would only work with a an agricultural society once industrialists came in with the bankers to go together then the war would start for dominance and it did and once religion, as I say, religion was knocked out and taken over by the way because the Christianity of today is nothing like it was a hundred years ago or even before they were far better educated in what Christianity was then they didn't, uh, they, d- they didn't praise one country or, t- or two countries as it is today. And so once the culture was destroyed and the industrials took over, naturally what the, the war of, of, of the Civil War was about, the Civil War was about the industrialists of the North and the bankers taking over all the wealth of the South. That was the Middle Eastern campaign of that time, you might say, for plunder and dominance and we're still on the go today can you handle individualism can you be responsible for yourself that's the big question of course the big parties today always keep the welfare state going because they don't want you to be responsible for yourself they want you to be dependent upon government because they said when we destroyed the family unit then the state with social workers and hospitals and abortions clinics and so on will take over all the functions that the family used to provide like welfare, food, shelter, clothing, all of that stuff. Awfully successful it's been, hasn't it? So when you talk about getting a country back, where do you want to bring it back to? And not only that, when the communists said that we were contaminated, like Yuri Bezmenov said in the 1960s and the 70s, or the 70s, I should say, ex-KGB, very well-educated, he said he was astonished, he says, when he came to America and found found it, but beyond their wildest dreams how the agenda had been so successful, beyond their dreams on what they called the contamination of the West. He was talking about all the cultural decline and immorality that would be promoted as being free and liberal. I don't think that's the kind of freedom the Founding Fathers were talking about. And contamination is a very, very good term to use because everyone has been contaminated. Going to Skinner, Skinner, again, they use all the behavioral psychologists and he was well paid, along with others, to do his nasty experiments on babies all the way up. Even put his daughter in the Skinner cage for a while. And he said he wanted to change the public, you change something in their environment. That's how we, we get Altered. First it was the radio. The radio had an enormous effect, brought out in World War I in Britain by the BBC as a propaganda tool for the war. Then TV came in and followed up. Fantastic. Everybody stopped talking to each other. When I was small, I, I was rather unusual, and, and I used to study people watching television. And whereas before, people used to chat. Everybody talked. Neighbors would pop in all the time. Or we'd pop into their places all the time. That, that's what culture was about. That's what real community, not this artificial expert driven community they're bringing in today. They call it communitarianism. And, but when the television came in, I'd watch my parents, I'd watch my, 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 uh, my sisters, I'd watch them laughing at this glass tube all together, staring at it hypnotized. And then sad, glum faces when some good person was killed in some some movie or whatever. It's all American stuff we got, old stuff. And um it altered the behavior of people. But I also noticed too the we now call political correctness creeping in, how they were altering morality and the way that you looked upon things or frowned upon other things. And you would find if you got any discussion, discussions with them after they wash these things, they'd stand up for the, on, on the side uh, that was being supposedly persecuted, perhaps. All, th- all through fiction, you understand. And yet, as I say, in tribal situations, the taboos are there for a very, very, very good reason. It's easy to destroy a tribe or a people or a nation. And they were at work with it right away a fantastic tool tremendous tool images that stay in the mind imprinted and that's what they call it imprinting and then of course along comes the internet and I stayed off as long as I could until I said it's time to start talking about what I know I've been been reading about this stuff my whole life and and watching the world movements knowing where it's going and I read all the top leaders right through the last hundred odd years and before uh, from the big think tanks of their day all the boring stuff, just to get occasional paragraph of something that really mattered. And that's how they write their stuff, they, they scatter knowledge like that, you see. And when you put it all together, I say, it's time, I better come out and say something. I better come out and say something now. And I did. And that's what you should be doing too. But don't waste your time in an ego battle trying to convert someone, like sort of a religion, into understanding the truth. They have decided not to know. They they are socialized. That is true socialism. They want to believe that better minds than, than their own are taking care of them. And that's why their liberties are taken away step by step. Step by step by step. And it doesn't matter what's portrayed to them to the bitter end, even if you have a Stasi-style system where uh, the SWAT teams are coming in and grabbing your neighbors, which they're actually doing across the country, you'll think it's all normal. Oh, they must have done something wrong. That's what they, how, how the Soviet people rationalized it. They must have done something wrong. Until they come for you. And who's going to stand up for you? You have no family. Or if you do, it's all broken and dysfunctional. You've got to you reclaim your individuality and learn to be responsible for yourself. And don't go the way that others are going, culturally or otherwise. You don't have to party all the time or, 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 or chalk up the notches on your belt at the weekends. Because it's all destructive and the signs are all around you. All around you. You have gangs everywhere because young men have grown up with no father figures at all. If it's a father figure, he's, he's he's nagged by a woman. He won't stand up for himself. He's been conditioned not to. He never got affirmative action at school. He was told that he was the cause of all the world's problems right back to the Stone Age. And he's the end product of it. A cultural war. As I say, most wars are cultural and fairly bloodless. And they're the most effective wars of all. They're all psychological. And we're living in this particular period today where folk don't even know what it is to really, really even be American. At one time, the rest of the world looked up to America because within it there were always enough good people to fight those at the top and stand up and demand rights and so on and demand that the crooks get, get out now they're they're openly crooks uh, they get a slap on the wrist and they're back in again after embezzling millions of bucks it's totally corrupt there's nothing there to save there's nothing there to save you understand and you you cannot fix the Tower of Babel when it's held together with band-aid and super glue in a thousand different spots People don't realize what reclaiming your country would actually mean. It would mean that you would have to change. Isn't that a terrible thing to say? Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back, uh, standing in for John Stadmer. I'm, I'm Alan Watts. I'll be back on again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. But just talking about the, what you have to do if you really want to regain yourself. Isn't it terrible to have your mind stolen at birth, eh? Isn't that the biggest crime of all, when your mind is literally stolen at birth? What you could have done with it otherwise. Who could you could have been? Instead of this conditioned, Pavlovian-conditioned creature that sits and taps away on keyboards or watches pornography or whatever else you do to pass the time. Everything's meant to further contaminate you and degrade you to help the big system take you down. And we don't like hearing the truth, do we? We don't like hearing that truth about ourselves. And that's why, again, people will attack you uh, when you show them the evidence and you upset them. Because they, these are perfectly conditioned people who like... They're pretty comfortable at the moment in their lifestyle. They can still drink and watch sports and do whatever else they do. The women can watch soaps and fantasize or act out and wherever it happens to be. That's what they think of that freedom is. And they don't have social responsibility to each other or those around them. And yet that's how nations were founded. By sacrifice. And... When you go into the Council on Foreign Relations website, and you should make use of it, because after all, these guys write for themselves. They write for every leader in the world. They have so many departments. It's a world organization now. And they have so many departments and think tanks working on every minute detail and, and sector of this whole global system. One of the recent articles was about how they must keep repeating and repeating the fact to Americans that they are now global because they're just going to have to accept it. And what they mean by that is you don't have the sovereignty that you used to have. You now have obligations through treaties that have been signed by every traitor for many, many, many a year. As I say, every prime minister for 100 years and every president has been a member of this same organization, even when it had different names. It was the same organization in the, in the late 1800s. Truman used to start and end every speech by pulling up Shelley's poem on the Parliament of the World. And tears would come to his eyes. It's Parliament of the World. It's not a nice happy meeting place for all of us. With, with good, decent people representing us, this parliament of the world, or the United Nations system, that they've, they've got in, with, were all bound by treaties. Um, it's not a nice organization. It's for the elites only. It's they believe in eugenics and superior types. They believe in depopulation. They believe in doing, They know they're not going to get volunteers, so they just poison you. Veteran Russell, who worked for them, said the same thing. We shall use the needle, food, water, etc. In his own writings. Don't you get a bit upset. Knowing that's been done to you. Don't you just get a little bit upset. Or are you so socialized. You want to sit back again and have another beer. And watch that sports game. And be happy. Just put it out your mind. Because so much has happened. Over the last. Well, quite a few years now. As I say, people in the 50s and 60s wouldn't have stood for it, what's happened. What's happened to us? Regain your independence by doing it one at a time, and regain yourself. Uh, from Alan Watts signing in for John Stadmiller, It's good night, and tune in to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com at 8 p.m. Central, uh, Eastern. Sorry. Thank you.